This is Heartstock Radio. I'm your host, Carol Murphy. Thanks so much for tuning in. Today, our guest is Jessica Fong, and she is with Fair For Us. She's actually the founder and joining us from Paddy. Yes, this is our second guest that we've actually gotten to interview from Paris, France. Hmm. I cannot wait to hear what Jessica is up to in just a moment. She is going to join us. This is Heartstock. I'm your host, Carol Murphy, and Daniel Hogan is in the studio. Thanks for listening. As I went walking that ribbon of highway, I saw a Thanks for joining us today. This is Heartstock Radio. I am your host, Carol Murphy. Today, our guest is Jessica Fong, and she is the founder of Fair for Us. Hello, Jessica. Hello. Good morning. Where are you speaking with us from? I know you're in Paris. Is this your your residence? Is this where you live? Exactly. Yeah, I am from Paris, and I'm currently based in Paris in France. Fantastic. Can you give our listeners a little introduction? What is FAIR for us and why did you found it? Yeah, of course. Uh, Well, FAIR for us is a platform that facilitates relations between producers and consumers. Indeed, uh, not only do we educate about fair trade and promote fair consumptions, but we also want producers to be empowered and to be acknowledged for their work. So I'm sure we're going to hear a little bit more about why it is that you found it fair for us. Um, and I think a, a lot of the breadcrumb trail, so to speak, uh, begins with your story, Jessica. Where did you grow up? Where are you from? Well, I was born and I grew up in Paris, but spent all, uh, most of my summers in San, in San Francisco as a child. At the age of 12, I started living with locals in five other different countries around the world. After spending one year at Columbia in New York City, I did a bachelor's in political science and international studies um, at the University of Washington in Seattle, where I spent four years and where I graduated in 2019. Um, Afterwards, I came back to my hometown and did an MBA in strategy and competitive intelligence in order to fine-tune my knowledge related to business development. Well, that's one of the more interesting childhoods, I would have to say, any of our guests. (laughs) 
So <laughs> was this was this on purpose? You know, I'm sure it really gave you a huge breadth to your background, but but why did you live in so many different places with so many different folks? Yeah, I guess, well, that's definitely thanks to my parents. Uh, my parents uh, wanted me to have a multicultural uh, background and also different point of views on things and way of seeing the world. So that's the reason why I lived in so many countries. Tell us a little bit about your parents and why maybe they thought this was important for you, their daughter. Well, I come from a family uh, with Vietnamese origins who uh, fled the war in order to come to Paris and have a better life. So definitely my background has an impact on the way I live now and the way I do things. And um, I just want and aim to make this earth a better place. How many languages do you speak? Um, I speak seven languages. This is this is mind-boggling for us monolanguage Americans, um, but but it's very beautiful. Um, what was the favorite place that you lived in? I mean, you're in Paris now. Um, did Paris always have your heart? Definitely not. Uh, just because I believe that when you are born and when you grow up in one place, you take it for granted. And definitely, I mean, I enjoy all the places I've lived in. Because at the end of the day, it's uh, what you make out of it that makes the, the experience and the way you like the place. So, yeah, I've made the most out of the, all the places I've lived in. Mm-hmm. And how about the United States? Uh, what did you think when you came here? Well, I came when I was really young. So, you know, I also took it for granted. But when I decided to come and live full-time, and I lived in the U.S. for five years, I, I just loved it. I loved the openness, but also the way of seeing things and being able to talk to so many people of different cultures, but also just be free, free of doing what you want and not being into, in a box. So why Fair For Us? What led you down this path, and why did you decide to found this enterprise? Well, I decided to uh, found Fair Forest because of my previous company that I founded also back in 2019 that I founded in Seattle. That's called Hapa Apparel. And, uh, say say Hapa, that again, we, sorry. It's called what? Hapa Apparel. It's a clothing company where we wanted to promote diverse cultural backgrounds via design and clothing. And each piece had its unique storytelling, a cultural story and a production story. So each design was conceived with locals and the piece of clothing was made within the community or at least within the country in question. And this is when Fairfax came into play. How did this experience of founding a clothing company make you motivated and see that Fairfax was important? While working on HAPA, I was looking for factories using certain types of material, and also with a certain quality guaranteed, such as labels, and couldn't find a platform that answered all my requests. That's why I created Fair For Us that could answer all that these requests that could help also other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and I can certainly relate to this. Can you 
kind of talk more specifically about what kind of roadblocks you came up against as you were working on HAPA. It's H-A-P-P-A, right? Exactly, yeah. What what kind of roadblocks did you have in frustrations? <laughs> well, because it was a new idea that has never been made, at least from my knowledge, it was frustrating, I would say, to spend so much time on looking for companies, looking for factories, looking for people that we could work with and that we would be sure that we would do a good job at it. So, And, and specifically, think- you were looking for factories who are operating in a, in a very specific and ethical way, right? Exactly, yeah. So ethical, but using certain type of fabrics, for instance. And so, uh, yeah, it was just really frustrating and also a waste of time, basically, because we would have to contact them one by one and then like have uh, samples sent to us. So it was time consuming, definitely. Mm -hmm. And, And what kind of solution did you imagine and envision when you started the company to these frustrations that you experienced? I think that it made me realize how fair trade was not well educated. It made me also realize that the current consumption style was not okay and that it was not viable. And for this reason, with Fair For Us, we want to raise awareness of this current consumption style while spreading what the real benefits of fair consumptions are. And we also aim and this is the solution thanks to HAPA. With Fair For Us, we aim to put in relations, customers and fair producers around the world. We just want to ease fair consumption at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Well, that's fascinating that you're kind of approaching this problem that you experienced and saw firsthand from both a consumer and a production standpoint. Because it, I don't know, it just seems like that's the only viable way to solve current consumption problems. Yeah. What what are the problems, the consumption problems as you see them, and why is it not sustainable? I think that all the actors are working with the means they have, but also in the space they have uh, and they know, which totally makes sense. We only have 24 hours in a, in a day and we only have so much energy we can put into the that. So yeah, what is missing is a link between all the actors and also a link between all the steps uh, going from a raw material production until when the product comes uh, to the consumer and gets to the consumer. And as a consumer, what is it that you wish all consumers kind of knew and understood that might make the kind of changes that we need? What, as a consumer, we need to know is that we have to invest in our future and we are responsible for that. We, as consumers, need to be involved and actors of our own futures. So as a human being, we should be putting human beings and people back into the center of the game, which means that treating producers better and yeah having them paid well uh, will make the product having a special price and a value not only a number 
but also a signification of the product because I believe that a product has a story to, t- to be told. Producers all also have a story to be told. And uh, this is uh, what we do refer for us, is that we want to put producers first. Can you define producers? You know, are we talking, you know, we're so spoiled by cheap prices. And you did mention price. So if we're really taking care of all the stakeholders and the environment and the people, it's going to cost more. Help us wrap our heads around understanding what you exactly what you envision with fair trade or what maybe the definition of fair trade as it applies to producers and yeah well producers are people that work with raw materials in order to make it and create a product out of it uh, a product can be that can be molded into a final product that's going to end up at, in the consumer's home so there is like different steps. Usually there are three steps until the consumers at least. And these three steps, I mean, usually the price goes up throughout the, th- the three steps. So if, if we take, for instance, producer one, producer one is going to be less paid and it's going to have a smaller margin than producer two, etc. That for this reason, I mean, fast fashion and fast consumption that's how they do it. That's how they make uh, the price so low, by making the margin smaller. And with fair trade, what we aim to do is to make these margins viable for everyone, for each uh, producers. And what we need to do is that as consumers, we consume every day. We buy a coffee, we buy clothes, we buy books, we buy furniture. But if we realize that behind each product, there is a producer, there is a human being, then we add value to the object. And this is what I believe is needed to be understood by consumers. We're going to take our midway point break here in just a moment. We will be back with Jessica and talk more about fair trade and fair for us. This is Hardstock. I'm your host, Carol Murphy. Welcome back. This is Heartstock Radio. Today, our guest is Jessica Fong, and she is the founder of Fair For Us. She's actually speaking with us and joining us from her current place of residence there in Paris. Hi again, Jessica. Hi. <laughs> so, 
Let's talk more specifically about Fair for Us and your mission. That that would be a great place to start. Yeah. So as mentioned quickly earlier, uh, Fair for Us has two main goals. First is to raise awareness of current consumption style while spreading what the real benefits of a fair consumption are. And secondly, we aim to put in relations consumers and fair producers around the world because we want to ease fair consumption. Why did we choose the name Fair For Us? That would be the, the question Carol would ask. Uh, well, Fair For Us means that we are investing ourselves into a better future. Fair exchanges, fair businesses, and a fair future. We are ourselves involved for our own futures. What are the greatest challenges to bringing fair trade? I, I guess maybe we should really define for our listeners First, what is fair trade? What exactly does that mean? Well, fair trade is to help achieve a sustainable trade between people, uh, between producers and consumers mainly. It means that we are taking into account a good payment, a good treatment, but also having improved environmental standards for a better earth. Yeah, because all that environmental damage is going to have to be cleaned up. And that's, as we know in Butte, very <laughs> very up close and personally, it's expensive. It's There are hidden costs when we're not functioning in a sustainable way. So I guess that leads to the next question, which is just if I, as a consumer, really am looking for fair trade, and let, let's take clothing for an example. I mean, there, there, it applies yeah. to everything like you were saying before, but how much more should I anticipate or really need to pay for fair trade articles and items? Is there any way of knowing this? Uh, you know, is this so new that we haven't really come to grasp or grips with the increase in cost to consumers? Uh, that is a really good question. I think that it really depends on the vendors, the sellers. I do not have a specific number in mind, uh, unfortunately, um, because I really believe that it depends on the people selling it, how it, it has been made with the fabrics used. Um, there's so many factors to take into account that, yeah, we cannot give a specific number on how much the difference is. What are the greatest challenges to making all consumer goods fair trade? I mean, if we had a magic wand and we could wave it and uh, we were totally, completely eliminating the damage to the environment and low wages for workers, how do we do this? And, you know, what's keeping us from being there already? What is keeping us from being there already? And um, I truly believe that is that we lack of education, we lack of information of um, what the real impacts are going to be and how we can tackle that. I mean, we all know that, yes, for one dollar, you can plant one tree, all of that. We know that all about, I mean, we've heard about the water and the weather, I mean, global warming, all of that. But one way as well is to consume better. 
I might seem redundant when I'm saying that, but I think that we need to sit down for a moment and realize how many things we buy in a day, uh, how many objects we consume in a day, from our smartphones to our laptops to coffee to water to anything. And this is what we need to change. I'm not asking people to change their lifestyle because this is hard. I mean, I'm the first one to acknowledge that. But at least make a step to buy fair products. And this is why as well, um, Fair Forest is here. We want to um, make fair trade at everyone's fingertips. And how have you funded your enterprise so far? Is this a, a bootstrapped enterprise? Uh, well, all the funds are right now come personally, uh, but we intend to raise money uh, in the future to develop um, our e-commerce capabilities. Mm-hmm. And we, will it be an e-commerce store where you source fair trade items and then offer those for consumption People can buy them online? Yeah, exactly. We uh, want to make that a e-commerce platform where we centralize all the producers and all the products. And with uh, labels, um, just people, uh, producer stories, all of that. Yeah. Mm. And speaking of producers, are there any partners that you'd like to give a shout out to that have helped you along your journey? I just want to thank all my amazing producers, partners, and friends that have made Fair Forest possible, but also to all the people listening and to yourself, Carol. Thank you for inviting me to introduce Fair Forest. And what does the future hold? What can we expect and what are your next steps moving forward? A fair future, I would say. (laughs) A world where fair consumption is the new normal. We would love to have a platform available for anyone that is willing to take care of him and herself, of our environment and of others, definitely, yeah. Mm -hmm. This is what we want to see. Mm -hmm. And can you tell us in a little bit more detail what it is that you're working on, something, a launch that's coming up or anything like that? Any exciting news you'd like to share? Yeah, we have a launch in the next two months. And we have amazing projects coming up as well. Everything's going so fast. And if you're willing to, to follow this journey with us, feel free to do so. And what are the projects? You, you've mentioned those a couple of times, so I'm really kind of interested. My, my yeah. interest is peaked. What, what kind of projects are you working on? So we have traveled and met producers in their warehouses and their factories. And we are making uh, videos right now to introduce them, introduce the stories, and also show why they are producing fairly. Um, So these videos are coming very soon. And we also have monthly subscription boxes coming up very soon in order to show the wide variety of amazing fair products we have. Do you have requirements? Like, is there you know, a checklist that a producer or a company must uh, check certain number of boxes in order to participate in your platform to be fair trade? 
We do not because we also believe that uh, to help small businesses, um, especially with COVID and the period we've just gone through and all of us around the world, we do not want to put any limit or requirements on these people because we believe that they already have had enough. <laughs> it's It's been a rough couple of years for sure. Yeah. So any advice for others working in the fair trade realm or even for brands or maybe clothing lines who are striving to be fair trade? What what words of advice do you have for them? It might seem a little bit cliche, but being passionate and following your guts are the two advice for any entrepreneur. There's a lot of work uh, that is required when starting a business. So do not lose your objectives ahead. And yeah, being well surrounded is also very important because sometimes building and creating a company alone can feel very lonely. And for the people that want to go towards a fairer production, talk to the people that are already in the field, that know about it, how they have been doing it. We have an amazing community that wants to help. So yeah, do not hesitate to reach out to people. Is there anything else that you'd like to share? We've we've got probably about, oh, a minute left. Anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners? And also, how how might they find you online? Well, I would like to thank everyone for listening. Uh, thank you, Carol, again. We have a website that is uh, fairforus.com where you can find the amazing projects we have in work. We also have a company's page on LinkedIn and Drops of Jess is my Instagram. If you want to reach out to me, feel free. Um, we can talk more about fair trade. Uh, can you spell that Instagram for us, please, Jessica? Drops of Jess. D-R-O-P-S of J-E-S-S. Drops of Jess. Got it. Well, thank you so much for your work and sharing your story. Um, I really look forward to seeing your evolution. And um, yeah. May, that's, Thank you so much. Yeah, the subscription box. You've piqued my in interest there. <laughs> Thank you for doing what you're doing, Carol. It's amazing. Mm. And, and likewise, Jessica, this is Heartstock. I'm your host, Carol Murphy. And as usual, we'll be back next week. Peace. From California to the New York Island, from the Redwood Forest. Heartstock Radio is a production of KBMF 102.5 Butte America Radio. Hear our programs every Friday at 5 p.m. Mountain Standard Time via live stream at butteamericaradio.org. As I went walking that ribbon of highway, I saw above me that in the skyway, I saw below me that golden valley. Sands of
Oh, 